Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we are delighted to be joined by Maria Maita Kepler of the band Maita, whose new album, I Just Want to Be Wild For You, is out on February 18th. Uh, Maria, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you and uh, whereabouts in the world are you joining us from? I'm doing very well. I'm in Portland, Oregon. Fantastic. Well, it's great to have you on the show and um, there's a lot to, to chat about with the new record. Um, you know, it's, you, you've you've recorded two albums in the last couple of years and it's been a crazy time for artists, you know, recording and, and releasing music. So mm-hmm. um, I, I was wondering if you could, if you could start by telling us a little bit about when the new album started to take shape because your first album best wishes was released very soon after the pandemic happened mm-hmm. um so was this something that happened almost you know immediately afterwards you know a case of right tours aren't happening for a while we're not going to be able to do much do we just crack on with the next album or was there still a little bit of a gap and you know how how did it when did the conversations around this album first start to happen yeah we always before we even knew about the pandemic we envisioned that we wanted to put these two out fairly close together I think we imagine they'd be even closer, um, but just because of because of the pandemic, we ended up pushing things and separating things a little bit more. But um, basically, as soon as we finished tracking the last record, I started. I just you know I'm I'm kind of in a constant state of writing songs. I don't really like think about uh, whether this song is for this chunk or that chunk, or or I'm writing for this album and. I already had a, so I, I just started writing, kept writing songs. And then um, we recorded basics for, so just rhythm, basically drums and bass for this upcoming record, even before Best Wishes was out. Okay. Um, just because we wanted it to be kind of a one-two punch. Yeah. And we had the songs. So it just, I feel like we kind of operate off the idea that if you have the songs, we just kind of want to record it as quickly as possible. Uh, because um, we want them to stay fresh and we want to stay inspired by them. Yeah. I mean, did you have, you know, you said some of these songs were there before the last album even came out. Did you have a particular sense of how you wanted to track each of these albums? So, you know, did you feel like one would make more sense to have this batch of songs on it and the next one would work thematically as like a companion piece? With these songs, or was it just like a chance thing where you decided it was just what you felt was good at the moment to go on on each record? It was definitely timing. So we, so I wrote. I felt like I had a strong batch of songs for the last record. We started recording it, and then as we were producing and overdubbing that last record, I was still writing. And then um, we are the the tracking process for both records was fairly different. Um, the last record we did at this hundred year old theater and in this tiny town called Enterprise, Oregon. And this upcoming record we did um, in a basement studio in Portland. And that one, we kind of knew better what we were getting into. Like we knew that Maita as a band would sound more rock and would have louder moments in addition to the quieter, more sensitive folk moments. Whereas the last record, we weren't even sure what we were really going to sound like until we got into the studio. So I think having a better understanding of our sonic scape made uh, this made this feel like an easier, more smooth recording process. Just because there were no surprises, we were like, "This is what we're getting into." 
Yeah. I mean, you can, I feel like you can hear that. I, I, I feel with the new album, you, it feels, it, it feels like a progression, not necessarily that because it's a better album or that the songs are better, you know, from a, from a writing standpoint, but it does feel the recording and the sonics on there. It feels like there's a real nice ebb and flow, but a consistency between the songs, you know, cause it's a kind of, I wouldn't say a wrong footer for the, for the first track, but it's a really kind of, it's a really subtle, really delicate opening to the album. And then there are some much harder and, you know, kind of heavier guitar uh, laden tracks mm-hmm. that, that come later. But I, I was quite surprised when I heard that as the first track. I'm not entirely sure why, but yeah. I felt like, okay, that's a real, you know, it's this, it's this really kind of, yeah, it, every, everything on there is quite subtle and, and underplayed. And I thought that was a really nice way to begin the album. It, it kind of almost, you know, tr- tricks you a little bit into what, what might follow next. Um, how did you, how did you find, uh, you know the location that you recorded this album because I, I I understand it was recorded in a in like the basement of a church. Did mm-hmm. that kind of feed yeah. in any way into not just the atmosphere during the sessions or anything like that, but also the you know literally the acoustics and the the, the physical attributes of the venue of the of the setting. Totally, um, yeah. So Matthew Zeltzer, who's also in the band and manages the project with me, he engineered it and he helped build this studio out um, in the basement of this church in Portland and it's unaffiliated. um, So no relation to the actual church, but they just were like happy to have a recording studio in the basement. Um, And they were willing to work with us and let us, uh, we were able to track our grand piano sounds in the sanctuary. So like in this giant, giant room with huge ceilings. Um, So, the basement itself was just a regular basement, like nothing yeah. romantic about it. Um, but we got this, this studio with amazing gear. And, and then I think that the times when it really felt like, Oh, I'm glad that we're in this church was when we got to track piano, got <laughs> that the huge sound um, was pretty special. Yeah. I mean, you, you said earlier about how you kind of constantly writing and, you know, just have like a big batch of songs and, there's always stuff there to choose from. Was there, was it, was, was it a case with this one of, I'm trying, I, did you have, a, was it, was there a particular, th- not necessarily a theme, but like a sonic uh, blueprint that you wanted to work to with this, that you felt certain songs would be more geared towards and as such, were other songs maybe left off or were things written specifically for this, you know, with this album in mind, once you'd actually begun the process of recording it and, and realised how it was going to sound? Um, I always finish my songs before we go to the studio. Like I never rarely, I rarely, rarely, rarely finish a song right before heading in to record. Um, Mm. So I think well before we actually went in, I had finished writing, I had the melodies. I had a loose idea of what I wanted the songs to sound like. Um, But I, I like to leave that door open when we go in because Everyone who records with us, Cooper Trail, Nevada Soul, um, and Matthew, like we're all very, they're all very creative and make choices very purely on feel based on Mm. what the emotions of the song require or uh, just what what the feeling inspires. And so I don't like to have too rigid of an idea of what I want a song to sound like just because I want to leave the space for those guys to explore and experiment because sometimes what they come up with is 
way cooler than what I had in mind. Mm. I mean, I was, I, I wanted to come on at, um, at some point to, you know, when you first started writing and what some of your influences may have been and, and things like that. But I was curious as to, as to what some of your production influences may have been when, even if not specifically for, for this album, but producers that may be down the years you've listened to who have made you think slightly differently about the way you hear music, even going way back to, to when you first started listening to music. Were there any records or producers that kind of stood out and made you go, actually, I hadn't really thought about how a record sounds before or what kind of, um, what sonics yeah. can bring to an album? Yeah, so I was, I'm not as, I was never a super technical person when it came mm. to music. So when I thought about production, it was never from a very like geeky and informed standpoint. Mm. Uh, I'm getting better about that these days. Like I couldn't tell you like, oh, the snare on this album sounds different from the snare on that album. Like when I was first listening to music and falling in love with music, that stuff wasn't even on my radar. And like, sometimes I'll listen to like, you know how you sometimes burned CDs when you're younger and, and like put, put made mixtapes and I had a lot of LimeWire. <laughs> so yeah. um, I just had a lot of songs from like one artist that I thought was like, Oh, these all must go together. Like these songs fit together fine. And they felt good in my head when I was a kid. And then when I listened to them as adults, I'm like, wow, this was like a demo quality. And this was like yeah. a studio, like polished, like later years, like, Mm. completely more produced song and I had no conception of that I just had a conception of feel so I think that was what was really inspiring to me is when I was first listening to music like I was really into like like bright eyes um and what I liked about those records was that there was sometimes there was like a strong thread of genre or sound but some of the albums like Mm. jump around so much in terms of production like this is a kind of a folk song this is kind of a rock song this is a country song and they would all somehow fit into the same record which was a huge inspiration for us or for me I think because I felt like a lot of my songs we were were concerned about how they were going to sonically fit together because they jump around a lot in um in sound and sometimes in a genre and uh, and that was like a really good blueprint to be like oh if you you don't have to produce an album in a way that like every song sounds like it was used with the same sound like sonic template in mind like or tapestry like it could be creative and it could jump around and then the thread can be like the songwriting or the people that the brains that came up with it you yeah. know yeah, absolutely. I mean, going back to when you first started making music and, and writing songs, can you tell us a little bit about that, how you how you came to be a songwriter when it was that you first started, not just discovering music as a fan, but, but thinking, actually, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create and I'm going to write my own music? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, um, so I've always been pretty creative and Earlier, it was more in the vein of um, art and visual media, visual media, and um, I also really liked writing fiction. And I loved consuming books. Naturally, I started to want to write my own stories. I think that's just my natural inclination. Is when I really start to fall in love with a, with um, some kind of medium, I just want to be able to create it myself. That's just where my my mind goes. And so it was kind of the same thing with songwriting is when I started falling in love with listening to music, I really wanted to, well, first it always starts with like covering your favorite artists, of course. 
And then when you start doing that, you start to feel really good singing these songs. And then um, it just felt natural to want to experiment with trying to write them myself. And it was a very shy and slow and quiet start. And I did a lot of it very privately until um, I just started coming out of my shell in like the open mic scene in high school and then in college and in Portland. Um, I just kind of realized that I wanted to be a part of of music um, because I loved it so much from both both the perspective of the listener and the creator. And it it was something that um that just felt really important to me and um and I started to feel like I had a place in that world and so I kept doing it I guess <laughs> yeah I mean who was some of the the artists that you would have been kind of listening to around that time and you know possibly mm-hmm. covering like you said when you first you know figuring your way into totally. an instrument or a, or an art form yeah, the first artist I ever, the first song I ever played live um, was at an open mic, and it was Elliot Smith, Between the Bars. And so I was listening to some Elliot Smith, was listening to the whole, like, The Bright Eyes, Death Cab, Iron yeah. and Wine, Jose Gonzalez, and then, um, and then like, Cat Power and Feist and Regina Spector were all really inspiring to me, and it was, you know, the mid-2000s. Mm. all the that indie music that was finding its way to me and um yeah it was very inspiring at the time yeah and you said as well that you um you know you you wrote fiction and things like that as well is is that something that in any way kind of it can inform the way you approach writing lyrics and songs or are they do you find them very separate things or can can they feed into one another you know, they've always felt kind of separate, but I think when I think about it, um, I tend to, sometimes I write really wordy songs, uh, and, um, that was a bit of the influence from my, the, the fiction writing that I would do. I, I do also feel like I don't, I earlier, like I tended to not write songs that felt like more in the poetry vein. I feel like there was during, there was very much like a prose feel to what I was saying, even though things would rhyme and, and the cadence and the phrasing would fit into this melodic line. Um, later, more recently, I've been trying to be a little more economic about my, my lyrics. Mm. My lyrics. I feel like sometimes <laughs> I try to put too many words into things um, because I just want to, I, part of it, I think is just insecurity or like, if I say enough, then the song will be strong because at least there's a lot of chances for me to get a good line in um, and people will feel satisfied. But I also think that it's harder and, and very like a lot, there's a lot to be said for writing a really economic song. Yeah. Economical song. Yeah. I mean, I I was also curious as to who some of your favorite fiction writers are. (laughs) Yeah. Gosh. Um, I read everything. Like I was like, one of those people who would just Google like the best authors or the best books of the last hundred years. And I would just myth, like work my way down the list, like book by book by book. Um, so I really I'm trying to remember who I was reading at the time. I like, I really like, Oh, like Isabel Allende and like Murakami and uh, gosh, 
I loved like young adult fantasy when I was a kid. Like I loved the Philip Pullman books. Those were my favorite. I read them all the time. Um, who else? There's so many. I can't even think like I have a whole list of like lists and lists in my phone of, of like, authors that I like, but they're not coming to me right now. It's always difficult when uh, when you put on the spot with questions like that. So um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's one of those where they they will tend Especially to come later. Especially if you're not, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then like I haven't been asked about books in these interviews, <laughs> so I it's not in like my brain, like in the short list of things I have to remember. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, how have you been able to, you know, throughout the the last couple of years, been able to either write or collaborate or rehearse with the band you know how much has that been affected by covid do you continue have you been working remotely do you have you always worked in a remote sense do you have like a home studio how how have you been able to stay sort of creative uh musically Mm -hmm. during this time i know things are kind of opening up a little bit you know now and over the last few months but generally this past couple of years how has it how has it been for the the way that the band operates We've, um, so we, we, before COVID, we did a lot of touring, we would do these tours and I feel like we weren't the kind of band that would like get together and practice like every, every week. It was more like when we would have a tour or a show, we'd get together and like refresh the songs beforehand. And so in that sense, because we didn't have any shows during COVID, um, we just didn't, we just didn't get together and practice the songs um, during the pandemic, but in terms of recording, cause we did do some overdubs, things were affected a bit, but I think one thing that was helpful is that like the people that we were tracking with Cooper in Nevada, they were kind of in their own pod too, because they hung out so much. And so, and then Matthew and I were in the same pod. And so it felt like we could just, uh, it was only like two groups of people that were really coming together and, you would just mask up and mm. do what we had to do to do, make it work. Um, but in terms of writing, writing for me has always been a very um, private process. So for me, the biggest challenge during COVID was just that my, my house, my roommates were always home. And mm. so that was like the challenge for me because I wasn't getting that alone time uh, to be creative and write songs. And so I did a lot more like other like, visual artwork during COVID because I wasn't really feeling like I had that space to do music, which is totally fine. I think it's good to take little breaks here and there and let your brain recharge and kind of build up, build yeah. up all your feelings. Has, has that uh, kind of changed recently as, you know, as, as things have opened up a little bit, have you been able to find that kind of quiet time, uh, alone to be able to write and be creative again or is it still something that seems a little bit hampered by uh, the current situation um it's less hampered it's hard to know though because i've been so busy these last like as things are opening up it's kind of mm-hmm. coinciding with us being really really busy like preparing for tours so like we have been rehearsing with the band and we've been planning everything and we're also planning for the release of the album in addition to this first tour that we've had in two years right mm. so we used to I just it's so funny because I used to like go on a tour like every month and it would be no big deal it'd be like oh we're leaving next week cool whatever and I think just because it's been so long we're just trying to do it right and mm. you know I think there's a sense that like we don't know 
when our next, you know, we don't know when things are going to get canceled again. And so we kind of want to make sure to make it count every time we, we go out now. So um, hopefully we can, I will find some time to be creative soon. I think right now we're very much in a state of, of busyness yeah. um, as opposed to creativity, but you can always collect ideas, you know, in a, in a little journal and prepare for the next time you have some time alone. Yeah. And is the tour just in the US or are you planning on, have you, have you been able to plan any, you know, shows overseas? We are just doing US right now just because we had, so we had a Europe tour booked um, for about two weeks after the shutdown. And it's so, because it's so much sunk cost, like we have so many expenses um, to get to Europe plane tickets and car rent like there's a lot more that comes into play and so I think we just decided that we don't want to go to Europe until we kind of have a little bit more of a <laughs> an understanding that things are not going to get canceled um, just because it was pretty financially difficult to to bounce back from that like loss yeah, of, of getting everything canceled for our Europe tour and so even with this tour, like we aren't going east of Denver basically because we didn't want to be like driving like on the East coast. One of us tests positive, tests positive, which is the other thing. It's not like whether like, it's not about like whether the audience might catch COVID necessarily. Like it's about that too. But if any one of us gets COVID, we have to cancel like five, at least five shows. And then if you're not keeping up with the routing, you could end up so far away from home, um, which could then just get very expensive with lodging and food and paying for everyone. And so just because of COVID, we decided to stay close to home so that if we were to catch it, we are still within like a two day drive of anywhere we would need to be after we recover. Or if we can't recover, we can go home. So just changing, changing things a little bit based on the current climate. Yeah, it must be it must be such a, a tricky thing to navigate trying to uh, to arrange a tour at the moment. Okay. Is is it, do you anticipate that you might yeah. be, you know, kind of doing little pockets of shows, you know, throughout the year, so you can kind of go right, we'll do a few weeks in this area, and then we'll do a few weeks over here, a few months later, so that you're kind of limiting the risk factor by kind of going, okay, well, if we go into this area anyway, we know that we're only there for X amount of weeks. Is that something that you kind of imagine will be the case for the foreseeable future? I think so. I mean, I'm I'm an optimist, and I do think that uh, coming to a place where things are a little bit more stable, um, but, you know, we're I, we're always going to be watching to the, the news and trying to figure out what is the best way to do things. But I think what you what you suggested is exactly what we're going to be doing at least for this year. Um, but who knows? Like, I would love to, I would love to go to Europe. Like if, if the opportunity presents itself and it feels like it's worth it and it's going to be a good move and the things feel very open and safe, then we'd be happy to go over. Excellent. And, and it must be quite an exciting prospect being, you know, being able to get out and play some shows again and have some new material to play. Definitely. Yes, it is going to be really cool and this album is exciting because you know back when we were touring a lot like even if an album wasn't out we would play a lot of the songs off the record just because we wanted to play them and so by the time best wishes came out we had played a lot of those songs live 
And I think we were um, devastated that touring ended, but the one silver lining is that uh, we got to give all the songs a break and not play them for a while. And so getting back out with an album that first of all, we have not, we've hardly played at all mm. um, is really exciting. Um, it's kind of scary. Like we were rehearsing the new batch of songs and I realized that I hadn't played so many song, new songs in one set in basically mm. ever. And there's a little bit of fear there that they're not going to be received as well because before it was always like, we know these are tried and true. And now it's like, who knows if people are going to like the way yeah. these sound. So yeah, it's wow. exciting. Well, I, I wish you all the very best with the tour and with the record. Um, and yeah, it's been uh, absolutely lovely having you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community. 